Good morning, YouTube family. Good to see you guys here. I've got some dogs milling around behind me, making noise. Let me see if I can get their collars off. Hold on. There we go. Little jingly jangly collars. All right. Well, good morning. I hope you guys are all doing well. Welcome to Escape from Crazy Town. And uh, this is our happy crappy hour where we talk about our happies and our crappies. What went well and what did not go well this week, right? Um, but also to learn from each other. So make every use out of every bad experience. Don't let it go to waste. So today we're going to talk about why the narcissist and the new supply are driven by emotion and not by reason, not by facts. Right? They don't really care about the facts. They don't care about reason. They're not being logical. And if you try to use reason with the narcissist, a lot of times it will backfire because they just, they cannot see reality. They're, they're steeped in their delusion, right, of, of their self-centered world. So for you to try to get them out of that, that perspective that they have, I don't know that it can happen. I haven't yet to see it happen. <laughs> I think there are moments of lucidity, right? There are moments that the narcissist might be lucid. And maybe the new supply, but I think that the new supply is even farther gone. More gone than the narcissist because they are emotionally and hormonally driven. Oh my gosh, you guys, I was just watching uh, an interview. Let me see if I can get this screen a little... Here, I don't know why it's so foggy. Let me see. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Here we go. I have a little screen cleaner. Sorry about this, you guys. I did clean it, but I don't know what's going on. Maybe that's a little better. All right, you guys. So I was watching this... Uh, this interview recently and I don't know am I allowed to say you know this is so sad that we cannot say anything or not how do I put why do we have to watch and censor everything we say because we're afraid we may we might offend somebody right and there are the censor Nazis out there who are you know, they're not allowing you to say things that you see in an interview they're not allowing you to have an opinion <laughs> Uh, you know, other than what is acceptable to these censor crazed guards. Um, anyway, I kind of got off track there. I was watching this. I'm going to just say it and I'll probably get this video censored because I'm going to talk about this. But I was watching this uh, interview with a woman who had transed into a boy when she was 18 and then uh, back again because uh, she didn't have the surgery, but she did the hormones. And the reason I want to talk about this is because of the hormones, you guys. When you are have such an imbalance of hormones, you're not able to reason. You're not able to think straight. And in this interview, you, you can find it. It's under Michael Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. If you look up his channel, you'll find the, the interview. It's about a 30-something, 30 35-minute interview. And um, talks about 
you know, this girl gets on and she talks about what happened when she was a teenager, how introverted she was, and not just introverted, she was kind of, you know, awkward and whatnot, didn't really socialize. Well, you know, welcome to the teenage years. A lot of teenagers go through that, although there are some that are extroverts and they make a lot of friends and they're out there and they're doing all kinds of things. But for the most part, even those kids are confused at times, right? Nobody knows who exactly they are. Nobody has complete and utter uh, understanding of of facts and, and reality at all times. You, you get affected. And she talks about social media. She talks about how when she was about 14, 15 years old and on social media all the time, uh, not really engaging with her classmates, right? She's not really being pulled into the real world. She's being pulled into the... Uh, the media world where things are not real, right? She talks about that, that in the social media world, uh, you don't have to plug into reality. How does that relate to what we're talking about today? Well, it's the same thing with the narcissist. They live in this alternate universe where reality is not what we experience, right? We, we see the facts, we see reality, we see, re, you know, reason, happen in front of us. We, we can reason with people. But the narcissist is so enveloped in their egocentric world, they cannot see that anybody is more right than they are. And they've got the new supply convinced of this as well. So the new supply is not going to be plugged into the real world. They're being, uh, they're, they're building this fake world around them, much like in social media. Hmm. Gonna have a drink there. <clears throat> so this girl, she talks about how in in the digital world, reality doesn't need to be to exist, you, you, and you don't have to exist in reality. You actually build this fake world where um, anything can happen. There's no, there are no limits in the social media world. But in reality, there are limits, right? There are limits of people you can interact with, how you interact with them. They actually respond to you. Uh, even in social media, they do respond to some extent. But a large extent, you can just go from room to room and you can you can turn or block people. You, you, can, you can narrow it down to the kind of world or fantasy world that you want to live in. Now, the problem comes when there are all these other people in there who are not plugged into reality and they're affecting a young person, developing minds, you know, someone who has a developing mind, affecting their sense of reality. They're guiding them through to believe that the reason they're not happy, oh, and she goes into this, the reason she wasn't happy is because she's trans, you know, the reason she's um, feeling awkward is because she's trans, the reason she's... Um, even questioning anything is because she's trans. Like the, the answer is always pointing back to one narrative. And it's very much the same, I think, with a narcissist, where whenever they're unhappy, it's because of other people. Whenever something bad happened, it's because other per another person caused that. If they um, have bad luck or they got a flat tire, it's because their spouse didn't take care of the tires. Or, you know, they don't stop and think, that anything is ever their fault. It's always something else, right? 
And in the narcissist world, the reality doesn't set in because they cut people out. They move from partner to partner who doesn't fit their narrative. And the same thing happens in social media. They create, they create a world where reality doesn't exist. You cannot reason with them. Anytime a person comes in to try to reason with them, to get them to think about things. And she talked about this as well, that her parents were unhappy when she came out to, you know, to tell them that she thinks she's trans or whatever, you know, she's a boy because they're trying to speak reason into her. But this alternate universe that she has plugged herself into is telling her, well, if anybody disagrees with you, then they're evil. Right? If your parents don't accept you 100% when you're completely unsure, you don't know, you're fumbling about, and if your parents don't agree with you 100%, they're evil. And so she started cutting her parents out of her life, started cutting her whole family out of her life, and she regrets it now. She says she looks back, and I think she stepped away from them for a good three years. I want to say it was three, three or four years. Uh, or no, no, maybe it was just two years, but it took, you know, a transition time back into their life about another year or so. So about three years, she had disconnected with her family. And during that time, her brother was young, you know, she had a younger brother who needed his older sister, and she regrets not being there for him. And she had a, a grandmother who was diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's and just degenerated tremendously. During those two years, she was absent from her grandmother's life. But by the time she came back into her grandmother's life, um, her grandmother had deteriorated so much, she was basically gone, she said. So she regrets that she listened to these insane people who were telling her that anyone who disagreed with her was evil and they, that she needed to cut them out of her life, otherwise she would never be happy. And in fact, what ended up happening was she, she cut a lot of good people out of her life. She brought in a lot of people who were cheerleading her, right? Because so long as she was transitioning, um, she had all this support and people were, you know, saying how, you know, they were just providing all the support that she could possibly want, right? Cheering her on, encouraging her that she's being stunning and brave, right? And doing all the right things and, and how happy she's going to be because they're so happy as well. And what you don't understand is that a lot of people who made bad choices in their life um, are too ashamed to admit it. They're too ashamed. And so they want to make, they, they invest, and also they invest so much into their bad choices that they want to make it work, right? They'll stick with it beyond its life and they they won't give up. And so a lot of these people, I believe, who have made bad choices in their life then try to portray an image that things are going great in their life and they couldn't be could not be happier. And so those like this young girl are looking to these people for guidance and they're guiding her further and further away from a real a reality based life and into this fantasy world where where um they have to pretend that they're happy and, and make images and go on social media and post as if their life is perfect now. And people fall for it, much like 
we do when we look at the narcissist life, right? And the new supply life. The new supply is at this point so ashamed that he or she made such bad choices that they are stuck now with the narcissist. They're now married to the narcissist. They have children with the narcissist. They bought a house. So now they're financially tied. You know, the, both names are on the mortgage. They're tied to the narcissist. And they're ashamed and embarrassed to admit to everybody what a mistake they made. So all this investment into the narcissist, they, they now want to prove or act for everybody, make, put on a show as if everything is perfect, right? And so, and especially the way they're living. And you see the way they're living is not great. You think it's great because it seems to be working because they want you to believe it's working. And I'm just thinking about some people I know now who are living, you can say they're living in sin, right? If you're biblical, if you're a Christian, they're living in sin. And yet they're calling themselves the most Christian they could possibly be. And you're like, well, that's bizarre. And then even their friends are, these are candidates. These are people running for office right now, right? And they're, they're conservatives. And so they want to act like they're more conservative than their opponents. And yet when you look at their life, you're like, you're not really living out that conservative biblical view, you know, teaching. And yet all of their supporters around them are deluded and will not question this lifestyle of theirs. They only see that they dress nicely. They look happy. They look like they're, uh, they love this other person. And it's, you guys, when you're on the outside and you can see the bigger picture, you can see how miserable it is, how horrible of a relationship they have. But when you're tied to this TV show, right? I call it a TV show because essentially that's what they're living. They're living out a freaking show. Um, when these, oh, <laughs> my dog's trying to come sit with me, but this chair's not big enough. Come here. Come here. You don't have to cry. You can sit there. All right. So these people, they're living the, this bizarre fantasy world image that they want to portray to their the people who are voting for them. Okay, let's just say that. And the people voting for them are so close to them and listen so intently. It's almost like they're narrowly focused on a TV show, right? The show becomes reality to them. So this person, he's portraying to his, his voters this, this life that, they want to see, right? They want to believe that he's the most Christian, the most conservative, the most upright, you know, pillar of, of uh, society and the community could, could ever have. And I want to say, you know, maybe he's not evil, right? Maybe he's not the worst, but he's certainly not exactly what he is portraying. He's portraying himself to be essentially King Arthur with Excalibur going to save the world. And, you know, he's, he's stunningly pure. And meanwhile, he's, you know, you can imagine living it up at his place with his girlfriend. I guess it's his fiance now. And he... None, none of his Christian friends, none of his Christian followers are questioning this, right? Like, okay, if you're, if you keep saying you're the most Christian candidate, why don't we question that one thing? Are you living with your not yet wife, right? Are you living with somebody? 
no, 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 we don't need that standard. That's a different standard. So it's like people want to believe what they want to believe, okay? They're not going to question or, or they're not going to pose the hard questions because they don't want to shatter the illusion. They want to continue living in this fantasy. And the narcissist wants everybody who's around them to continue patting them on the back and encouraging them and living in this fantasy world with them. So when you try to bring facts to people, okay, so when you talk to these people who are supporting him, you ask these questions, they won't have it. They, they won't listen. They, they are so tied to a narrative that they cannot break that narrative. They cannot accept truth. They cannot accept questions. And this is why I have such a hard time, and not just a hard time, it's why I disdain and I hate the, the censorship that's going on right now. Because if you dare say something that is too critical of the narrative, is then suddenly they're going to claim that it's offensive. Gee whiz, you know, every day you're, we're living in an offensive world, okay? Everything that doesn't agree 100% with you will offend you, right? Will go against you. And it's up to you to take that offense or not, right? It's up to you to be offended or not. But the people who love to censor, and that includes narcissists, they censor people out of their life. The new supply, they censor people out of their life. Anything that goes against the narrative that says that they are 100% right, that what they're doing and their perspective and their narrative cannot be questioned. Anything that goes against that will be censored. And to me, that's absolute insanity. Absolute insanity, you guys. So, so you know, here's another thing I have with narcissists. They will not go to the source. They would rather conflate a story and gossip. That's why they love gossip so much because they will find gossip and if they don't find it, they will create gossip that supports their narrative, right? And they will create this gossip and, and lies or whatever to support their narrative. Came across that recently as well where I have this friend who is a total supporter of this guy. And she came up, you know, she's telling me, uh, I can't even go into the details of it, but she's telling me she did something somewhat illegal, right? Somewhat illegal. I don't know, to the point where she was afraid that um, from, from her own side, she was afraid that from her own side, they were going to go after her legally um, because she, I don't know, she, she was complicit in some, some action that helped another candidate, right? So, um, so essentially what she wanted to do is, is um, cast aspersions onto this, can, this competing candidate that um, the competing candidate did something illegal within the party. I don't know if it's like illegal, illegal, but within the party. And um, now she's complicit in it and they could probably go after her. Right? Uh, her own side could go after her for helping the, this other candidate. So what is the biggest fear that the narcissists and their flying monkeys would have? That is for you to go to the source. It is for you to find out the truth. 
they do not want you to know the truth. They want you to completely buy into their narrative, completely buy into their perspective, their story, and their gossip, and not question it. Well, anyway, I went to this other candidate, and I asked her um, if this actually happened, that this did this person who's working on another person's uh, campaign, did she help you commit some fraud or break some rules or bend rules, if you will, right? And I told her what the rules were that this person said that she helped the candidate bend. What rules did she help her bend? And this candidate's like, no, I didn't do any of that. Everything was done legitimately. I handed things in on time. I, you know, the the leadership of the party knew exactly, you know, I was in communication with them. I knew they knew what I was doing. Um, I just needed to file the papers and I needed that person to, to approve the papers. And that was it. Like, oh, okay. So what is the big deal here, you guys, right? What is the big deal? Well, it's because the flying monkeys for the narcissist wants to make the narcissist look good. When a narcissist gets um, their fan club and their flying monkeys to buy in, to buy into their lies and their fantasy worlds, it is really hard to even bring facts to the flying monkeys and to the, the fan club. I mean, forget trying to expose the narcissist. I mean, you can expose the narcissist, but forget trying to convince them that they did anything wrong, right? You can bring all the facts to the narcissist and say, nothing wrong has happened here. <laughs> you know, nobody, you know, that you're talking about, that you're gossiping about has done what you said they have done. And they have built up this bizarre narrative to the point where you cannot remove them or extricate them from the narrative. It's like, it's one living being. They, they are so, they identify with that, that narrative to the point where if you question it, then you're questioning them. You're questioning who they are and their, their, even their existence, right? That's why they fight so hard when you question and they want to censor you. Then they'll slander you to try to shut you up and make you go away. It's absolute insanity. So the reason I even wanted to bring this topic up to you guys today is because a lot of people go through the same type of insanity in their life. A lot of people um, have shame and fear because they made the wrong decisions, right? And then we'll continue the narrative because we want to believe the narrative so badly. Now, the difference between us and a narcissist is the narcissist will go and destroy everybody around them and even themselves to keep this narrative alive. We will wake up from this narrative and at some point we'll have to admit we were wrong. At some point we have to go back and fix the damage we have created, right? We, we had caused, um, whether it's perpetuating gossip or whether it's uh, a certain perspective we took and we, we just wholeheartedly believed it to the point where, like this girl I was telling you about at the beginning who was being interviewed, you know, when she was going through the trans stuff and taking um, testosterone, she, she became aggressive. She became this person 
who was essentially monstrous and she just didn't like who she was becoming. Um, but then she was too afraid and too ashamed to admit to the trans world that she made a mistake. So she did go back to them and tell, you know, I think in a way she was trying to get help because they have counselors at these centers where she went to get the help to become trans. Um, but when she went there to get help, there really wasn't any help. There was no questioning. There was no, so why did you decide to stop doing this? Or, you know, what are you going through? How are you feeling? None of that. Once she decided that maybe she made a mistake and she wants to stop taking the hormones, um, she did go to them and let them know she's no longer going to be on there, you know, because she thought she had to go to them because it's a clinic. And she thought she had to inform them what she was doing when she was taking the hormones or stopping the hormones, right? When she stopped taking the hormones, she said she started feeling better. You know, like she was able to see more clearly. She was able to, even her emotions were um, less volatile. She was actually more stable emotionally. And that's why she was able to think straight. So same thing with a narcissist. When they are emotionally tied to something, their adrenaline and their hormones go crazy protecting that feeling. So when you try to dissuade them or try to bring facts in front of them, they will fight with everything they have against facts as if it is um, an attack, a personal attack on them. And you're like, wow, I'm not even trying to attack you. I'm just presenting you with facts. Like this is reality. But to them, a reality becomes offensive. Reality becomes an attack on their on their very being, their very existence. So with this girl, she, when she told the people that she didn't want to do this anymore, instead of being the continued, instead of continuing to be the, the supportive community that they were for her when she was transitioning, they just shut her out. There was nothing. There was no interest in her anymore. They didn't want to know anything about her. They just let her leave like they, that. And then in fact, I think narcissists are like that as well. If you go against them, go against their perspective, their lies, their, their image of, of what their narrative is, right? They, they you go against it or you question it. They would rather you just quietly leave the room and never question them in front of all of their supporters because they don't want to be exposed, right? They don't want anybody around that might question, that might have a different perspective. Oh my gosh, you guys. So I was at a meeting last night and um, there was a room, you know, and you would think, oh, okay, this group, you know, this is how I know I'm on the good side. Um, now were there, okay, how do I start this? Somebody entered the room or actually was already in the room who had questions about our perspective, right? About not our perspective, but about a perspective that was generally accepted amongst this group of people and um, about some, an event that happened the night before. So this person questioned it and said, well, I think that the people who were opposing you guys uh, believed X, Y, Z. They believed these other things and that's why they were opposing you guys. Now, were there some there were a couple of people in the room, too, two people in the room who immediately 
you could tell they were emotional. They were too tied to this. They, they felt like it was an attack. It was not an attack. It was a question. And it wasn't just a question. It was actually, hey, I'm presenting you with this other perspective. I'm presenting you with, you know, whether you try, you believe that perspective or not, doesn't matter. It's, it, it's just another perspective of what happened the night before. And we needed to address that. We needed to question it more. We wanted to explore it and see if we can give a, a, a good answer, right? Immediately, two people wanted to um, jump on that. And they didn't actually get to speak, which I, I'm, I'm thankful for. They did not get to speak. They wanted, they're like, hey, I want to answer that. I want to answer that. But right away, you could tell like they were dr emotionally driven. Now, the person we were there for, um, he, he's another candidate. Um, he can, handled it so well. He did not, you could see by his stance, you can hear by his voice, he, he did not take it as an attack. He did not take it as something he had to defend now. Instead, he, he let the person finish her question, first of all, and then had her clarify her question and then he explained what happened, you know, he gave a good answer. He gave a good answer to her question and that perspective. That, yes, this perspective was brought up, it was answered, and yet they didn't accept the answer. Even though there was a solution to that question, there was, you know, that, that problem was brought up by the opposers, all right? And... Um, the evening before and there were solutions that were presented to them concrete absolute solutions that would completely take care of their problem that they had um, they wouldn't accept it they wouldn't accept it and instead they did the narcissist thing which is they wanted to destroy everything if they couldn't have um, if they couldn't Oh, that, that was, that's the crazy part, too. They were saying they were there to protect a handful of people because a handful of people were not represented. And it turned out, actually, that handful of people have a way of posing their gr grievance. And not even a grievance. It was like they can get their situation resolved, absolutely resolved and cleaned up and not even cleaned up. I don't know. There was a mistake that was making the mistake that was made by their in their papers or something like that so bring your papers we'll rectify that we'll clarify that we'll stamp it certified and then they'll be fine no problem right if they had gone through the right channels if they had done the right things and they have the paperwork they will be certified and they will be fine but instead of accepting that solution they wanted to run with this narrative that everybody else is after them. Everybody else is attacking them. Everybody else is criminal, right? Um, so that's what, what was brought up in this meeting I was at last night, this event I was at last night. The person asking the question was saying essentially that the handful of people, well actually it was more than a handful, but they were, they were supposedly representing a handful of people. So a couple of dozen people were representing a handful of people 
and didn't feel like they got justice and that their papers were filed properly and that they were they were not certified and therefore they're going to decertify a thousand other people because these four, three or four people weren't certified. Like, no, we're not gonna we're not going to decertify the other thousand and throw the entire process away and not allow them to have a voice at an assembly that's coming up. That's you know, these people were elected to have a vote at this assembly. And and this couple of dozen people wanted to destroy, you know, and that's the narcissistic way. They would rather blow up and destroy their entire city than, than try to solve a problem or work with those trying to solve the problem. Because they hate the opponent so much, they cannot, they can't sit at a table and work things out. And they absolutely hate to go to the source, right? They hate to go to the source and find out the truth. And that's, you know, you guys, politics is nasty and dirty because of all of that. There are a lot of crazy, maybe they're not narcissistic all the time, but they truly behave like narcissists who support and protect their candidate to the point where they cannot see the flaws. They cannot see that they're being hypocritical. They can't, you can't present them with facts. You can't tell them, go, why don't you go to the source that you're accusing and see if this is true? No, they, they would rather formulate gossip and other fake fraudulent stories that would support their belief. And you guys, it's absolute insanity. So the reason I even brought this up to, with you guys today, this topic, is they're normal people, just like you and I, who get caught up in this. If our emotions are so high that we create a world that we then board up with walls. We build walls around it to protect it and not allow any information to come in that might dismantle a fantasy. And the reason that your world starts to fall apart is because in reality, fantasy worlds don't can't exist. Not for long. I mean, they can for a while, right? So long as you can control those around you. So long as you can control the narrative and censor everybody who speaks against you. Eventually, you will get to the end. You will get to the limit of all that you can censor. And reality and truth will start to seep in. Which is exactly what happens um, to a lot of people now. The reason I want to even tell you about this is because if you are living in some kind of fantasy world where you built up some narrative that nobody can break, nobody can question, nobody can sit down and have a conversation with you without emotions flying, without an argument, without yelling at each other or calling each other names, right? Um, if you cannot do that, you might want to check where you are. You might want to you might want to question a few things about yourself. And you might want to do that alone. I understand that, right? You may have to sit in a room by yourself 
and just write down the things you believe and start writing down questions that are pulling at you or pulling at your heart saying, this doesn't quite feel right. This doesn't quite feel true because you're going to save yourself if you can do that. You'll stop your world from imploding. You will stop your world from exploding, right? You'll stop the destruction of your life. Narcissists don't do this. And their new supply doesn't do this because they want to live in this fantasy world without question and without anybody being able to, to introduce an idea, an opposing view that might actually strengthen their relationship, might actually build their character. You know, you guys, you don't build character by by creating an ivory tower and never being um, having to answer to questions. Oh, shoot. Ah. Never having to. Sorry, you guys. I just spilled my cup of coffee. I got to just clean this up real quick because it got on my computer. Ooh, that's not good. Ah. Getting a little too excited with my elbows here. Oh, I know what I can do. Move this over that way. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Other things. Hold on, you guys. What is going on here? All right. So you got to question yourself. I'm going to clean this up while I talk to you. You got to question yourself and to make sure that you're not excluding truth from your life. I'm sorry I can't see your comments right now because my computer is getting cleaned up. Wow. Maybe I'm getting too close to the truth, right, you guys? Maybe I'm making too much sense at this point, and the enemy doesn't want you to know how to not fall into this trap. It is a trap that not just narcissists and new supply fall into. It's a trap that humans fall into. If you're human at all, you're going to want to believe that you were doing the right thing, especially if it was altruistic. Especially if you believe that what you were doing was helping other people. So I'm, I'm dealing with that right now with some people where there are those who, who want to believe that their candidate is altruistic. They want to believe they're on the side, the good side. Uh-oh. Oh, thank goodness. I had somebody's birthday present here too. So I was like, oh no, I hope I didn't spill on that. So you want to believe that the person that you're you're contributing so much of your time to, you're door knocking, you're you're out there. Um, oh man. Okay. Sorry, guys. Man, I spilled the entire thing, which is really crummy. <sighs> but you want to protect your world, right? You wanna you want to believe that. You know, your guy was the good guy. Because who wants to believe that all this time you've been supporting a narcissist? Who wants to believe that all this time you're supporting the bad guy, right? The, the person who actually will do more damage uh, to, to society than good. Uh, you want to believe that your guy is on moral, the moral high ground. And because if they're not, then what, what does that say about you, right? So you might get caught up in trying to protect a narrative and a life that's not good, right? Narcissists will do that. 
they will do it. And for this is what I think everybody has been trying to figure out. Why? Why would they do that when they know that their world is going to implode? When they know they're destroying everything and everyone around them? It's because they are emotionally driven. They are not factually driven. They are not reality driven. They're not driven by the world around them, reacting to them, the, the reality that there are, there are good people and there are bad people. They don't care. They don't care whether a person is good or bad, by the way, the narcissist. They only care if that person serves a purpose for them. Um, they'll frame it in a way that makes it sound like they care that a person is, is good. But reality, the, reality doesn't matter to them. Their perspective of a, of a person being good is essentially someone who serves a purpose in their life, right? If this person is usable, if this person provides a, a service in their life that they need, you know, does something for them in their life, then that person obviously must be good. Wow, you guys, all my fish have disappeared. <laughs> they like to go in this one corner. Let me see if I can turn this for you guys. Right there. They like to go right there in their little house that I made for them. Uh, yep, so funny. Well, they'll come on out later. So let me go see what you guys are saying here. Now what has happened? Ah. Okay. Just gonna. Mm, how do I do this? Sorry, folks. I'm trying to see how I can see your comments. There they are. Well, good morning to all of you guys. So glad that you guys hopped on. Today, you know, I hope that. Let me see. You caught most of what I said before I spilled my coffee. Hey, John and Obi, good to see you. Meet you. Yes, they fear exposure. Wow. <laughs> Dream, I'm late. I'll have to restart it later. Oh, <laughs> good to see you. And hold on. Sorry, you guys. Yes, it is cognitive dissonance, right? They just cannot see that there is anything. If, if anything challenges their perspective, it doesn't process for them. They're, they're not going to be able to process it. And, and instead of embracing truth and the possibility that what they're living is fake, what they're living is a lie, instead of, instead of trying to expose that or even have the possibility possibility of considering that they would rather continue living a lie right they would rather continue padding their life with with narratives that are inaccurate narratives that support their life support their lies that they're living in their life yeah wow roots mama the new supply let me see i this was held back. The new supply is so toxic. They drink and do drugs together. He has been declining rapidly. And that's the other thing too. They do lower their morality. Even though they may have started off acting as if they're the most moral, <clears throat> the most pure, the most, the best, right? That a person can be. And what ends up happening is 
the pressure starts to get to them because they know they're living a lie. That's that's the thing with uh I'm sorry, you guys just looking at this house of cards. Yeah. They they know they're living something that's not quite right. But instead of rebuilding or maybe even tearing down the parts that are wrong and fake or the parts that are completely based on lies that they made up, right? The lies take a life take on a life of their own. We hear that all the time. And it's true, they do. Not only do the lies take a light on a life of their own, now the narcissist wants to live out that lie. That's why image is so important to a narcissist as well and their new supply. What, they, what their appearances are is so important to them. Uh, that's why when we look at Hollywood and all these crazy people, oh my gosh, right? The stuff that's been on the news lately, slap fest and all that. <laughs> they want to appear as if this is... They're living their best life, right? They'll go, they go on to interviews and they talk about how perfect everything is, how romantic things are, how beautiful their life is. Meanwhile, if you really pay attention, you realize there is something quite off about them. <laughs> I think everybody knows now that there is definitely something big off in that uh, Smith family, let's say, right? Okay, so I'm not going to go into that because I don't care. I didn't even know that show was going. I didn't even know it happened. <laughs> KX, they are delusional. Yeah. Luke's mama. Yeah, thank you. Rahel, good to see you. Rachel. I, oh, I'm sorry. I do hope you get better. I'm feeling sick. Well, you guys, you know, the hard part about life, okay, life. <laughs> the hard part about life is reality. And we want to make our lives good, right? I'm just trying to think about all the times I've watched and read stories and books and um, seeing interviews of people talking about how to build your life up, right? But what people who end up destroying their life, they don't build it up. They're, they build it on fantasy. They're not building it on reality. And there's, a, there's some extent, there's some, some validity to talking about, to being or perceiving or um, setting your goals, you may not have achieved it yet, but you set your goals, right? And you want to set them in a way where, and you want to be optimistic. And that's a good thing, okay? Maybe the optimism hasn't solidified yet. What, what, you're want, what you're believing can happen hasn't happened yet. I get that. But you cannot live there for months and years as things fall apart around you. You can't just imagine that you're living in this spotless palace when pipes are breaking, uh, toilet, toilets are flooding, uh, your ceiling's falling down, you know, uh, and your house is rotting around you, but you're just imagining that you're living in a palace, but you're not taking care of it. You're not, you're not fixing the broken pipes. You're not mopping up the flood, the flooded floors. You're, you know, you're not taking care of the damage 
that's or, or even doing upkeep maintenance and this includes for yourself as well right you can imagine that you're healthy and you're strong and you're fit and you're intelligent but you refuse to open a book you refuse to expand your vocabulary <laughs> you 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 what am I trying to say? You refuse to improve yourself. You refuse to go do a single minute of working out, right? But you're just picturing. And there are so many of these bizarre, crazy um, gurus, I don't know what they are, out there, that try to get you to picture your perfect life, right? And then as if picturing it alone will create a perfect life. Just picturing it does not create the perfect life. Picturing it is supposed to motivate you to take action, to clean up your life, to do the things in your life that will improve it and strengthen it and bring good relationships around you. You can't just picture it and then go attack other people when you don't get it and then blame other people when good things don't happen in your life. Picturing it and then blaming other people for the picture not coming true in your life is just going to destroy you more. And that is the way that narcissists and the new supply live. To, so, to a certain extent, narcissists um, are active. You know, I think about some of the narcissists I know. They're very active in trying to build their life. The problem with their activity, though, is that it takes other people for granted and it takes advantage of other people in order for them to proceed and to climb. They will take advantage of other people and that's not the action I'm trying to get you guys to be inspired or motivated to. It's it's that you, you need to improve your own life to do what's good for you that's within your control but without hurting other people, right? You know, if you're fixing the pipes in your life, the, the, and, and mopping up the floods in your life, you're not going to need to steal from somebody else to do that. You just use the resources you have and maybe build the relationships around you so that people can, can pour into your life, can help you build and clean up your life. So you guys, that is my message to you guys today. The narcissist and his new supply, and not just them, a lot of their... Uh, Flying monkeys and their fan club, they become so narrowly focused that they are driven by emotion. And to try to get them to listen to reality, to look at reality, look at the world falling apart around them, they're not going to see it. They just, they refuse because it doesn't fit their picture. They want to keep staring at this fake picture rather than at the real world around them and fixing their life. That's why their life falls apart. It either implodes, it explodes, it just melts away. It just falls apart. And the difference there between them and you is that you have the ability to see truth. You have the ability to see the ugly truth even, right? Nobody wants to see ugly truth, but I'll tell you what. It's the ugly truth that helps you see what needs to get fixed. And then once you see what needs to get fixed, guess what? You can fix it. The narcissist doesn't want to fix things. They just want to plow their way through and force everybody to live out a weird, 
bizarre fantasy that you go, but this isn't real. You know, same thing that goes with, you know, I, I've talked about this before. I had a friend who had a little girl. She's grown up now. Um, well, not grown up, grown up. She's a teenager now. But when she was a little girl, she used to like to meow around and pretend she's a cat to the point where she's licking her arm and like scratching and hissing at people. And you're like, okay, that's delusional, right? It, it's it's okay if she's playing this, you know, for a few moments with friends who are willing to play act this scenario with her. But when when they, you know, if the mother should expect all of her adult friends to to treat her daughter like she's a cat and pet her and and talk to her as if she's a cat and call her by her cat name and and um I had a friend who said, you know, we all experienced this, by the way. And it's funny because they brought it up recently. Um, one of my friends said, yeah, when she was doing that, you know, and if when she tried to continue doing that, I would tell her, oh, you're not allowed to use the bathroom, the toilet, because the people use that. You need to use a litter box. And that kind of shook that little girl awake, right? And made that little girl realize, like, oh, I'm not really a cat. I'm, I'm a little girl. And... That's what I want to tell you about the delusion that narcissists live in and their fan club. They want you to buy into this bizarre, crazy cat fantasy. And you're supposed to, and you know it's fake because you you have to censor what you say. You have to alter what you say in order to keep this delusion going. And then... You feel like a total idiot when you leave because you're like, what the heck was that? Well, that's how it feels to walk into a narcissist world. You have to censor what you say. You can't tell them the truth. You're not allowed to, to act as if you're in reality and living in reality. You have to sip at fake tea or, you know, milk or whatever cats drink. I don't know. But, you know, this party, this group, this psychopathic behavior is you have to play into it if you want to stay oh my gosh you guys so the answer to that obviously is run run from it get the heck out of there you're not going to be able to wake up the narcissist you can try i'm not saying don't try um, you can try to wake up the new supply um, some people are just narcissistic, right? They're not true NPDs. They're not, they don't really have the true full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, but they are deluded for a while. Just like that girl who thought she was a boy and started the transition because she, she was being exposed to all these narratives, to all these people saying, if there's, if you're feeling awkward, it's because you're trans. If you're feeling um, unaccepted, if you don't, if you don't get along with other people of your the same sex, it's because you're the opposite sex. So they're they're filling her mind with her mind with these excuses that sound like they're plausible. And then she thought the answer was then she has to take testosterone. She has to start transitioning in order to really be in the skin that she was supposed to be in. And it turned out to be a complete disaster for her. And she said that the biggest hurdle that she has had and still has right now, is the emotional trauma that was caused to her. 
um, in her developing years and how how she's now trying to fix things, um, even within her family. I think her family has accepted her and they're fine with her and they love her and all that. But for herself, I think she's going through a period of trying to forgive herself. Like I said, the shame that comes over you when you realize you made a, a drastically bad decision. For two years, she made a bad, bad decision and went with it and continued it far longer than she should have because she wanted to please others around her who were encouraging her to continue on this path. Narcissists have those too. They're called the flying monkeys, right? The fan club. will keep the narcissist living out this BS fantasy instead of straightening out their life. And bad friends are like that, by the way. You don't even have to be a narcissist to have really bad friends who refuse to tell you the truth. The good friend is the one who tells you the truth. And narcissists and a lot of people who are prideful, by the way, it could happen to you, it could happen to me, will cut out people who tell us the truth because we don't want to hear it because it's painful. You don't want to hear someone tell you that you're wrong. You don't want someone to tell you that, you, you know, the years that you spent pouring into something is not going to work out. Um, we call those naysayers too. You don't want just the total, net, you know, pessimistic people, negative people in your life. But you do want someone who is encouraging, but is willing to also tell you the truth. Well, you guys, I think that is the pretty much all I wanted to talk to you about today. Let me see what you guys have to say. Yep, they hate being ignored. <laughs> Narcissists, so they do behave even more erratically in order to get your attention. Um, KX, good to see you, says it's a cycle. He blamed his family and ex for all his problems, yep, and stopped talking to them and isolated me from them. I was his flying monkey. The truth is that it was him. He is a mess. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we don't want to get caught up in there crazy mess and their horrible world because it's you know it's a fantasy for a while and it might, might seem like it's tantalizing and shiny and pretty because of all the pictures he posts right or her or she posts whoever the narcissist is in your life if they're posting pictures of how shiny and beautiful their life is and then you try to get close to them and they essentially require you to to speak their same language to not question the narrative, you have to censor yourself, you're not allowed to question, that's crazy town. That's absolute crazy town. You should be able to have your own opinion and disagree on some things, and it's great when you agree on things, but, you know, in the Bible it says iron sharp sharpens iron. It's abrasive, right, when you're sharpening each other. It doesn't feel great, but then what happens is your life becomes smoother. Your life is becomes easier your life suddenly you don't have flooded floors and broken pipes anymore to deal with they're all cleaned up and fixed and you're good to go for another 10 15 years right life gets better when you when you allow the truth to come in and clean up your life well you guys that is it i just want to share that with you today i hope it helped i hope you guys got some benefit out of that examine your own life where is it that um, you need to improve or clean up in your life. And I'll give you an exercise that's really hard, by the way. <clears throat> I should have said this earlier. It's really hard to do. 
but get a trusted friend to come um, have a talk with you. Go buy them lunch or go out and get a an ice cream with them or something or a coffee and ask them, you know, what do you see in my life that you think I I could do better, right? Or or in personality, um, are there things that I should work on that you see? Or, you know, it's hard to ask for the criticism. And you got to take that with a grain of salt too, because depending on the person, you know, I would think that the person would give you really good advice. I've gotten really good advice every time I've ever asked for that. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten somebody saying something to me that was um, totally wrong and because they were jealous of me or something like that, right? Because jealous, psychopathic, narcissistic people will not give you a good answer to that, by the way. Um, But a good friend will. A good friend will be honest with you. So do that. See, see how that goes. I may ask you about that next week, or you can just come on and let me know how that goes next week. Or write it in the comments during the week sometime on this video. Let me know how it goes. Uh, let me see. Oh, wow. Wow. Yep. That's exactly what happens. KX. The new supply, the more they try to live out this fantasy, thinking that the fantasy is forever and is solid and is reality the harder they're going to to fall, the harder they're going to hit that ground. Yep. No, they don't. They don't change. Narcissists don't want to be able to change. Um, They just want people to agree with them. Heck, who doesn't, right? We all want people to agree with us. But those of us who are brave enough and uh, strong enough, we'll ask for help. We'll ask for people for their input into our life. Uh, Well, thank you, Rahel. I appreciate that. You're such a doll. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for buying me another cup of coffee. I spilled mine earlier today. Those of you who weren't here to hear that. Um, Well, you just made my day. I appreciate it. So you guys, if you can uh, watch a commercial once in a while for me, that helps me out. If you can't contribute to buy me a cup of coffee like Rahel did here, I appreciate it. Uh, If you can also Give me a thumbs up, comment on the video, share it with others that you think would help, or at least points of what I talked about. If it will help others, go ahead and spread that. Well, you guys, have a wonderful and beautiful week. I will see you next week. Remember the challenge. Come back and let me know how it goes, and I will talk to you then.